So good morning. Um, I just want you guys all to know, it's so awesome every time I get to prepare a, a message for you guys. I really, really enjoy it. So just thank you for being my congregation I can, I can speak to. It's pretty cool. I love you guys so much. Uh, also, something that just hit me yesterday that was crazy, it's November already. I was like, what in the world? It felt like two weeks ago. Just two weeks ago, it was 80 degrees. I was having a great time. My dad hated it, but I was having a great time. And uh, yeah, man, I don't like the cold so much. So I'm struggling now. Pray for me. No, I'm just, there's lots of good things that happen in November, right? I mean, the rut is here. Uh, that's really good. <laughs> uh, also, Thanksgiving, right? Uh, maybe a more recognized holiday. And uh, the other recognized holiday, opening day of rifle season, right? <laughs> November is a great month. <laughs> okay, well, uh, I've got two questions for you this morning. Um, I'm going to ask you the questions, but I'll ask that you also, you don't answer them out loud. You just hear the question, dwell on it, and answer it to yourself, okay? Let's just, in your heart, answer these questions. Um, the first question is this. What would you say, do you call Batman when he skips out on church? Christian Bale. <laughs> also, what do you call a bundle of straw inside a church? Christian Bale. Um, yeah, I'm just being silly uh, because the rest of this isn't going to be as silly. It's going to be um, more serious. And... Uh, yeah, uh, please forgive me if I mess up a little bit in here. I was really thrown by what happened to my friend yesterday and having to rush him to the ER and everything. It threw my whole everything off. I hardly slept last night because I felt so bad for him. So just, again, prayers for Connor. Um, but there's this thing that I think that we all need to remember right now, but it's not something, I'm not going to share with you anything that's like, oh my gosh, if you've been a Christian for any amount of time, oh my gosh, I've, I've never heard that. No, you've definitely heard this, but it's something that we all need to remember, right? I'm sure you've heard this, but it's something that you absolutely need to remember, especially right now. So this is the key point. If you are taking notes, the key point of this whole message this morning is this. We can be confident that our sovereign creator God is in the process of working out his purpose in the world and in our individual lives. And I feel like, especially after hearing all the prayers that we had this morning, there's a lot of hurting people, right? And this, this idea is also called divine providence, right? Basically, uh, that God will, with wisdom and love, care for and direct all things in the universe. Basically, like in just regular person's terms, everything's going to be all right. For a Christian, everything's going to be all right. Plus, we know how the story ends. So even if you don't realize that in this life, it's still going to be all right, and it's going to be so much better than you could ever imagine. Um, we know that God is in control because there's, well, all through Scripture. There's a couple of Scriptures that I just picked out that I liked that um, kind of displayed this well. So Psalm 4, 8 says this, In peace I will both lie down and sleep, for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. Also, Psalm 103.19 says, The Lord has established his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom rules over all. In Matthew 5.45, or 45, yeah, Matthew 5.45, at the end of it, it says this, For he 
makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good. He sends rain on the just and the unjust. And one more, Luke 1.52 says this, He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. So with all this that's going on in the world, you can be confident. That's the main thing, the confidence that God has got you. All these things going on in the world, I mean, even just as our, as our praise and prayer time, all those prayers, there was sickness, there was heartache, there was, there was hardship, there was financial issues. There was all sorts of things that in the moment can look so, so terrifying and scary, and how can I ever get over this? Right? But um, with confidence in God, or once you develop the confidence in God, you will know you can absolutely get over it. And sometimes you can have a thing that you think is just inherently good. Just absolutely good. Like, I'm praying for this thing, and Lord, how, why haven't you said yes? This is obviously a good thing, right? How can this be a good thing, God? You allowed this to happen. How can it be a good thing? For me, right now, a very potent example of this and recent example is my friend Nathan, his dad. Because most of us that were looking for him were Christians. And we were praying so, so much that we would find David. And we didn't. And in a way, it kind of was a letdown. And I know in other places in my life, there's been times, man, there's been such painful times that I've prayed for something to not happen to me. And I said, Lord, how can this, how can you say no? Like, I thought I had faith that it was just going to, you're going to deliver me from this horrible, horrible time. And he didn't. And the thing happened. And I thought, what the heck, Lord? But as I started to dwell on it, and as I continued to pray for, Lord, like, what is going on? I developed confidence through all of that. I would say the main thing through all of these experiences, and the thing that you should try to get out of all of the experiences that are hard in your life, is a confidence that God really does have you. He really is holding you, and he really is guiding your life. If you, are, if you are praying to be in the will of God, it's the best place for you to be, no matter where you're at. Uh, oftentimes, people, when they pray for things, kind of treat God or act like God is more like a gumball God, like a gumball machine God. You put the quarter in, you spin the knob, and you get a gumball exactly the same way every time, right? Every time you put a quarter in, you spin the knob, you get a gumball. It's exactly the same. God's not that way. God's not that way at all. And, and I feel like a lot of people get um, misconstrued on this idea of, well, I had faith and it didn't work out, so God must not be real. I prayed, but he didn't answer, so God must not be real. Well, let me tell you, every single prayer that you pray does get answered. It just may not be answered the way that you wanted it to be. There might be a yes, but there also might be a no, and there might be a wait, right? We know this. And when you're going on, when you're going through one of these hard times, it's really important to not focus on the storm, but to focus on God, because God is bigger than whatever it is you're going through. And let me let you in on a secret that's not a secret. He's already seen the ending. Although we haven't, he's all-knowing. He already knows what's going to happen. 
you can be confident and put faith in him that he's going to deliver you through that, no matter how it is that he does deliver you through it, he will. Like in the psalm it says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, what does it say right after that? I know you're with me. Exactly. So people can get misconstrued on this idea of like, well, I prayed, and I didn't get answered, and oh no, that must mean God's not real or God doesn't care about me. But really, it's the perspective of the issue that is key in the situation, right? I mean, in a situation, God might be doing something that you had never thought about, that you could never see, that works out for the better for you, or possibly he delivers you through it, he sustains you through it, and he works a miracle in someone else's life through that thing that you had to go through. Like, uh, an easy one to pick out of the Bible that displays this is the thorn in the flesh that Paul had. He prayed for it to go away. He said, please, I don't like this. Take it away from me. And God said, no, because when you're weak, I am strong. I'm glorified through you in spite of that. You're able to do things because of me. That's how God treated that thorn. He left it there. If anybody was good enough, if we were going off of the good enough scale to get something taken away, Paul, the Apostle Paul, probably the guy to get it taken away, and he didn't. He did get an answer to his prayer. It wasn't the way he hoped it would go, but he did get an answer. And that, honestly, shouldn't be a negative thing. Oftentimes, uh, when we read the Bible... Oftentimes when we read the Bible, we'll interject our 21st century mind into these these old texts, right? And we'll throw things off and throw things out of skew. It shouldn't be, as Americans, we really like freedom. We really like things to go our way. But throughout history, that's kind of the exception, not the rule. And it's a good thing when there's something better than you, that's smarter than you, that's controlling you. Uh just like God. It's, it should be looked at when, when, when the idea that God doesn't answer our prayers the way we want every time, it should be a good thing. Um, a really, uh, one of my favorite ways that this is displayed that's easy to just take in and digest is um, from a series of books written by C.S. Lewis called The Chronicles of Narnia, right? Most people know it. Um, they're one of my favorite series even now as an adult. And throughout the whole series, there's parallels to the Bible, right? Um, C.S. Lewis is a brilliant writer, and he did it intentionally. There is a um, character in it, a main character, who is the, the image of God. In this, in this story, in this world that C.S. Lewis created, this character is the image of God, the real God. And uh, this character is called Aslan, right? He's a lion. And when they talk about Aslan, oftentimes throughout all of the books, they say he's not a tame lion, but he is good much like our God. We don't control him, and how good is that that we don't control him? Because he is good, and he's working out his purpose in our lives. That, that, that uh, quote, not a tame lion, I thought was really interesting, so I just Googled it. I wanted to see if people had written about it. People smarter than me had written about it, and they had. A student from Asbury College named Raven Richardson wrote this essay, it won many awards, and this is a, it's called uh, Not a Tame Lion, What This Does and Does Not Mean. I'm going to read you two little parts of it that I thought were just very, very brilliant. Um, this is part of it. This is one of it. The correct attitude towards the uncontrol- 
noble nature of life should be one of humility. When the realization of the finiteness that makes up humanity look, the proper response should be one of thankfulness that God cannot be changed or called at personal bidding. If the characters in the Chronicles of Narnia have been allowed to control Aslan and have him do all the things they thought best at the time, Narnia might have been very how true is that if we apply that same thought to God and our work? If we could just control God with our limited insight, we think it's bad now sometimes we all this world is just getting so bad. What if humans had real control of it? Praise God that he has control of it. Another, another, um, excerpt from this this uh, essay is this whether in narnia or on earth the discrepancy between what may seem to be divinely good and what really is divinely good can lead to some interesting paradox at times it's not this is important at times something that is assumed to be divinely good can actually be in the eyes of an all-knowing god not good at all also, what may seem to God to be the best possible thing that could happen is known as a horrible tragedy to others. Does this then mean that one can never really know what is divinely good? The answer that, to that question is a negative. In The Problem of Pain, which is another book by C.S. Lewis, um, it says this. Lewis points out, Divine goodness differs from ours, but is not sheerly different. It differs from ours, not as white from black, but as a perfect circle from a child's first attempt to draw a wheel. But when the child has learned to draw, it will know that the circle it then makes is what it was trying to make from the very beginning. When we have control of things, we make a squiggly oval. God's up there with his protractor making a perfect circle. We don't have the tools. We don't have the insight. We don't have the skills. God does. We need to rely on God. When things happen that are like, how could this, how could this be? God, how is this happening? I mean, all you got to do is flick on the news and you're like, oh my goodness, this place is toast. But God's got it. And we can be confident that he has it. One of the areas in the, or one of the, excuse me, one of the stories in the Bible that obviously displays this, and it's, it's so good to reference back to the Old Testament to these, some of these stories that are just so good. Um, the story of Joseph, we all know it, but I'll just quickly go through it. Um, Joseph, in Genesis, right, he's the last story in the book of Genesis. He has nothing other than maybe being a bragger to his brothers, hasn't any sins recorded. All of the other great men in Genesis have major sins recorded. Adam and Eve, we know what they did. They screwed it up for everybody. Even, even um, Abraham, he tries, to take, he tries to take matters into his own hands, creates all sorts of trouble having a kid with not his wife, 
And he lies a lot, if you read this story. He lies a whole bunch. Noah gets drunk right after God saved him from world destruction. But Joseph doesn't have anything written bad about him. But bad things happen to Joseph, don't they? Although he doesn't deserve them, and he can think in the moment, what in the world, God, what's going on? He gets sold into slavery by his brothers. And then he handles that like a champ. He gets in, into a household. He's bought. He's put into, into working for someone named Potiphar. He's doing a really good job for him. He moves up through the ranks, and then the original cougar, Potiphar's wife, <laughs> is warm to Joseph's form and tries to do all sorts of bad things, and he handles it exactly like he should. He runs away. He says no, he says no. When she presses hard, he runs away and leaves his coat behind. That's exactly how you should handle it. That is a very good lesson for all of us. When sin's trying to get you, when sin's, when sin's beckoning, like, hey, I can make this awesome for you, run away. Kill the sin before it kills you. Run away. How did it handle, how, he handled it perfectly. How did it work out for him? He got accused of rape and he was thrown in prison. What the heck, God? I'm sure he was thinking that. He's good in prison. He works his way up through, he has some sort of authority in prison. And he helps a guy. He helps interpret a guy's dream. But he says, after I interpret this, which the interpretation was, Baker, Pharaoh's Baker, you're going to be reinstated. You're going to be let out of jail. You're going to be put back into your job. Just remember me when you get out. Because I'm not in here. I'm not supposed to be here. Baker doesn't remember. He gets forgotten again. Here he is in prison. Doesn't deserve to be there. Thinks he has a way out. Doesn't pan out for him. Years go by. And eventually the baker remembers. When the pharaoh needs a dream interpreted. Baker says, oh yeah, there was this guy that I remember from back in prison. He interpreted my dream. Maybe he can help you out. And he does. And through that, he's able to warn Pharaoh, hey, there's going to be seven really good years, so we need to stock up because after those seven good years, there's some really bad times coming. So through all of these things that Joseph didn't deserve, God was moving him into the places he needed them. Along the way, Joseph was, was dis displaying God's love and acting the way that he was supposed to do. God was moving him to save a whole bunch of people. He actually says this in Genesis 50, 20. He says, re referring to his brothers, the guys, you remember, that sold him into slavery, they eventually came around saying, hey, we're really hungry. This famine sucks. We need some food. And Joseph is now the guy in charge of all of it. And Joseph replies to them saying this, as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. So if you're going through something bad, maybe God's just moving you where he needs you. Maybe God's moving you to where you're supposed to be. Maybe his purpose for you is to be there because at some point he's going to use you again and he's going to help someone. He's going to save someone. He's going to do something with you. You just need to submit to the authority that God has to put you in the place 
that you need to be. This, this idea is also um, kind of echoed uh, that Jesus says. In, in John 9.1, he says this. Uh, As he passed by, he saw a blind man from birth. And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, it was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. And one more awesome verse that's kind of displaying this also, Romans 8, 28, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. So you can have confidence in God when you're going through a trial, when you're going through a struggle, when you're going through a storm, God's still there. It's like, like in the summertime, I remember actually this past summer, there was a day that it was raining so hard and it was lightning and thunder and dark clouds and in the middle of the day, it felt like dusk. And I remember thinking, like, this is actually kind of scary because I was out working on the golf course in a little golf cart way out in the middle of nowhere. And I was like, I might get hit by lightning. Um, But I was thinking, this is kind of scary. Like, it feels like it's getting dark. And it shouldn't be. And I had this thought. That's just my perception of the world right now. Above those clouds, there's still a sun shining. Ever been in an airplane, you go through a storm and you pop out and it's like, oh, it's a sunshiny, beautiful day. That's what's happening. In the middle of those storms, God is bigger. God's still there. You might not be able to see him, but he's still there. It doesn't matter what you think or feel. God is constant. And this is something also that was just, man, yesterday after I told you about my friend Connor, after that happened, I was rushing him to the ER. He's holding his finger to stop the bleeding. It was horrible. And he said, out of nowhere, I'm driving, and I don't exactly know where, how to get to the hospital from here. And he's like, I'm glad we have a big God. I looked at him, and I said, tell me about it. Because I was like, I am too, but let's, let's talk about this right now when your finger's really messed up. He said, because this is an actual big problem. And I'm not scared because God's bigger. And it also makes me think about all those things that are compared to my finger getting torn off, that, that, that just annoy me and, and stress me out and worry me all the time. Those things are small, and I let them affect me way more. I need to not do that because in this moment right now, I know God's got me. And he had me when I was being stressed out by all those little things. And I said, Connor, I love you. That's incredible. That that's where his mind went. Man, I, I just pray that I can become like that. Um, but it's so true. I'm so glad we have a big God. Because when we're facing those troubles, when we're facing whatever that trial is, I don't know what it is, or even if you're just having a bad day, God's constant. He's still got you. You can be confident in that. And let's just go back to that key point one more time, that we can be confident that our sovereign creator God is in the process of working out his purpose in the world and in our individual lives. Just take heart and remember, God's got you. It's going to be okay. Let's pray. Lord God, Father in heaven, 
Thank you so much for all the provisions that you've given us. Lord, you are so good. You put us in the place that you need us, even when we don't realize it. God, when we're in the middle of these troubles, please help us to remember that you have us. Please help us to remember that you are with us in the valley of the shadow of death. And make us bold for you, Lord, that in those times we can shine your glory through us, we can make you known, and we can grow that trust and that confidence in you. Lord, thank you so much for this church family and for everything that you do for us as a church. In Jesus' name, amen.